Well, happy Easter, everybody. We are so glad that you're joining us today. Uh, I wanted to just share a line from a recent song that came out. Uh, it's actually on the album Graves to Gardens by Elevation Worship. And, and it's actually in a song called My Testimony. And this is what this uh, particular song writes in one of the verses. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. Guys, Easter is about the fact that Jesus Christ came into this world, died a brutal death, three days later beat death, and as a result, he beat Satan, he beat darkness, he beat everything that stands in opposition to God and our pathway back to God. And today I want to talk to you about that miracle. I want to talk to you about the fact that at Easter time, we get to celebrate that. And I know right now we're, we're in the middle of this COVID-19 virus and, and many of us are holed up somewhere. Uh, we're not able to meet in person, but I believe 100% that we are going to celebrate Easter in a way that we've never celebrated it before. And so wherever you are today, wherever you find yourself, let's be excited about the fact that Jesus, three days later, beat death and sin. I'm so excited about that today. I hope you are as well. One of the things that I've kind of stumbled into lately is that sometimes I run into people who are struggling. Maybe you're one of them. I sometimes have struggled from time to time. And the thing that sometimes the way that this conversation can go is that, hey, I'm really struggling and uh, I need you just to uh, deal with that. And see, I get that. That's something that, that I understand. And matter of fact, I'm very empathetic about. Uh, it's one of those things that all of us are dealing with this challenging time in different ways. And, and I think it's important that we check our feelings and we look at our emotions and we ask God to help us and even maybe mourn some of the things that we've lost. But the thing that I'm here to tell you today is because Jesus is alive, we have hope. We have hope we have everything we need to overcome this difficult time. Now, I was reading, preparing for this message, and I was reading in Psalm. And I don't know if you've ever read the Psalms, but I was reading in Psalm 77. And, 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 and I just want to kind of walk us through that for just a second. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Psalm 77. It's such a, such a real, honest human psalm that turns our gaze to God in such a powerful way. Listen to this, and perhaps you've felt this way maybe this past week or in the past or even the previous weeks, but listen to these words out of Psalm 77, starting in verse 1. I cry out to God, yes, I shout, oh, that God would listen to me. Have you felt like God wasn't listening? Listen. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted to heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God, and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. And then right after that, it says, Selah. You know what that means? It means that we should pause for a second and just reflect on what just happened. And so here's the question I have for you. 
Have you ever felt that way? Have you felt that way recently? That sometimes you're crying out and you don't know where God is and you, you, you're reaching for him, but he seems like he's not there. Well, the psalmist understood that. And I suspect that if you're in that place, there's a reason you're here today because God has a special word for you. The psalmist goes on to, to, to verse four. He says, you don't let me sleep. Have you struggled with your sleep lately? I am too distressed to even pray. I think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful song. Perhaps you reflect on a few weeks ago and, and, and maybe there were joyful songs and maybe, maybe you even reflected now on the good old days wondering, you know, what, what, why can't it be like it used to be? And that's how the psalmist is writing to us. And he goes on, he says, I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Some people have called it the new normal. That we ponder the difference that we're living in right now. Verse 7, has the Lord rejected me forever is the question. Will he never again be kind to me? In his unfailing love, gone forever? Is it gone forever? Has his promises failed permanently? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? Selah. There's this pause that we reflect and we wonder, you know, is that my situation? Are the good old days just all that I've had and nothing will be ahead of me? Has God really just failed us? Is he, is he not able to fulfill his promises? And that's where the psalmist is. And I wonder if you're there. I even wonder is as you kind of walk into Easter, if that's how you felt. Kind of this, maybe this low-grade depression. Maybe just kind of like, well, this is where we are now. Maybe you just barely got out of bed today to listen to this message. I'm glad you did. Because watch what happens in the psalm. And this is what God does. Watch this. In verse 10. The psalmist says, and I said, this is my fate. This is my fate. Most high has turned against me. And then in verse 11, here it is. And if you're going to tune in, tune in right here. Verse 11, watch this. But then I recalled all that God had done. I recalled what the Lord had done. I remembered your wonderful deeds of long ago. Do you see what just happened? He tells us all the things that are going on, all the bad things, all the difficult things. And then right there in the middle of the psalm, he turns it and says, but I remember, I remember all the things that God has done. And he goes on and he says, he says it this way. He says, they are constantly on my thoughts constantly thinking about the goodness of God and all that he's done. I cannot stop thinking about his mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. If there was any God as mighty as you, is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Your strong arm redeems your people. That's what we have to look forward to. That's the God that we serve. He's a God that can turn it in a moment. And then he says, Selah. As we pause and remember all that God has done, I'm just asking you today, could you recall what he's done for you? 
Can you take just a moment to remember everything that the God of this universe has done for you because he loves you that much as you're sinking, as you're wondering where he is? Can you remember today that God is the God that is able to do infinitely more than you can think or imagine? Selah. Remember that today. And then watch what happens in verse 16. Watch what happens. When the Red Sea saw you, let me stop there for a second. I love this because what, what the Bible is saying is that somehow the Red Sea sees God. Get that. So, so it's like the Red Sea's hanging out and God shows up and the Red Sea is now looking at God. Picture that for a second. And, and, and what the Bible says is that the, the Red Sea goes, oh, God, right? Oh, God. And it starts to tremble. Like, like if you could picture water trembling. It says its water looked and it trembled. The seas quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows like flashing lightning. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Do you see it? And it's so, so you picture it. That, that This Red Sea is looking at God and he starts to tremble because he sees the very power of the creator the one that made the sea. And I wonder sometimes if we forget how powerful our God is, if we forget that in the midst of this virus, that somehow our God is powerful and he's able to do something better than we can even think. It just reminds me, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, uh, The Lion King. It's one of my favorites. But there's this moment where they start to talk about the king of the pride and his name is Mufasa. And he says, Mufasa, and, and the hyenas go, ooh. I don't know if you remember that, but he said, Mufasa, and he goes, ooh. And that's what the Red Sea is doing. The Red Sea is going, ooh. And I think that's exactly what the virus is doing. I think that's what COVID-19 is doing. Because COVID-19 is meeting the power of our God. The one that is able to do all that he says he can do. That's the God we serve. And so when you read this psalm today, will you deal? Okay, fine. These are the problems. These are the things I'm struggling with. But remember today what your God has done you know it doesn't stop there in verse 19 this is where it all happened for me I had one of those moments when I was reading the scripture and this is the word I want you to get today here it is right here in verse 19 your road led through the sea your pathway through the mighty waters and then watch this a pathway no one knew that was there. Let that sit there for a second. Do you know what the psalmist is saying? He's saying in a situation that you can't see how to get through it, that God provides a pathway that wasn't there before and that no one saw. That's the prophetic word I want you to get today. That God is a God who provides a pathway that no one knew was there. When there seems to be no way forward, when there seems to be no way around it, 
When there seems to be no way through it, God provides a pathway that no one knew was there. And when we come to Easter 2020, when we come to Easter in a whole new way, where we're having Easter in all kinds of different ways, the thing you have to see is that we serve a God that has provided a pathway. And that pathway is very clear, and I'm going to give it to you right now, that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is the pathway that God has provided. That is the pathway that we have before us. In the midst of sickness and disease and all the things that we deal with in this world, God has provided a pathway. It's his burial, death, and resurrection. His burial, death, and resurrection is what God has provided for us. It's the resurrection of Jesus that provides a, a way for us to connect the dots it's the, it's, the, it's the resurrection of Jesus that fulfills all the promises of God. It's the resurrection of Jesus that fulfills all the prophecies that were, that were prophesied before Jesus even showed up. It's the resurrection of Jesus that provides our salvation. It's the resurrection of Jesus that provides for us to overcome our sins. It's the resurrection of Jesus that allows us to live in freedom every day. It's the resurrection of Jesus that helps us discover our purpose. It's the resurrection of Jesus that helps us, that helps us live with the power that we need every day. And if that ain't good enough, listen to this. It's the resurrection of Jesus that gives us a pathway so miracles can happen. Get that for a second. The resurrection of Jesus provides a pathway for miracles to happen. I don't know if you believe that today, but I just want you to remember again that we serve a God who does miracles. In the middle of your circumstances and situations, you serve a God who still does miracles. And that's what the resurrection means. That's what the resurrection means. Did you remember what he said there in Psalm 77, 12, Psalm 77, 14, and 16? Do you notice how he describes God's power? He says it's, it's mighty works. It's great wonders. It's awesome power. And it even says that the oceans tremble and shake. I believe, I believe that this pandemic is going to shake. I believe that this virus will be destroyed in Jesus' name. You may not believe that today, but I'm asking you to maybe, just maybe, put that virus in perspective of your God. Remember that your God is a God of miracles. Remember that he can do the things that he says he'll do. So when we come to the resurrection today, as we stand and sing all about God coming up from the grave, can we remember again that that's a miracle and the God that can do that miracle can also do a miracle in your life? He can do a miracle in this world. He can do a miracle in this city. He can do a miracle in your hospital bed right now. He's that kind of God. He is a miracle working God. That's power, my friends. That's power. Listen to what Micah, the minor prophet, says in chapter 7, verse 15. Yes, says the Lord, I will do mighty miracles for you. Like those that I did when I rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Do you see it? God is a miracle working God. So here's the question. As I settle down just a little bit, here's the question. Why don't we see them? Why aren't you seeing them right now in your life? I think that's a valid question. 
I think some people are really struggling with that question right now. I want to give you three possible options. The first is, is that some people believe that they just don't happen anymore. Matter of fact, there are some believers that believe that. There are some Christians that teach that miracles stopped after the apostles. That miracles stopped after the disciples. And I just want to tell you today, I don't believe that. Matter of fact, I don't believe that the Bible teaches that. I don't see that in the Word. And, and you can go ahead and believe that if you want. I just don't think it lines up with Scripture. And so the thing that I want to tell you today, that we serve a God that still does miracles. He is a God of miracles. Here's the second thing that I think why we don't see it sometimes is that maybe it's because they're happening and we don't have spiritual eyes to see them. Maybe there are miracles happening all around us. We just simply are not willing to see them. We're unable to maybe because we don't have spiritual eyes. And today I'm asking you to ask God for spiritual eyes that you might actually see miracles. Like, I don't know, I don't even know, wherever you are today, do you even believe that God can do miracles? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, if you're somebody that's celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, I just want to call you and ask you to simply believe that God is able to do miracles. That He would give you eyes to see it. And the areas where you don't believe it, that He would help your unbelief. God wants to do miracles, I believe it. I just wonder if you... And me sometimes can't see it. And here's the third one that I really want us to see. And it's, 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 it's really where I want to land uh, this time. Number three is why we don't see it. Is they aren't happening because we aren't doing our part. Now, I know that that's maybe even a little challenging of a statement. Maybe some of you are like, wait a second, what are you saying? That I hold miracles in my hand? Well, in a way. How about that? Because see, I want to show you some things in the Bible that I believe are going to challenge you, but I also believe are going to help you. Because we've got to see this. Listen to this in Psalm 78. So one Psalm over. In Psalm 78, verse 11 through 12, listen to what the psalmist writes. The psalmist says, They forgot what had been done. The great wonders he had showed them. The miracles that he had done for their ancestors. Do you see it? The key word there is they had forgotten. I wonder sometimes we become so inundated with news and stuff and all the reason and the rationale as to why things can't happen or how bad they're going to get. That sometimes we forget that we serve a God that can deal with this problem. We serve a God that can do miracles. And that's the same situation that Israel found themselves in. They started to forget. But the Bible reminds us again that God is able. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. And so he did only a few miracles there because, listen to this, because of their unbelief. Now, I don't know about you, but I read that and I, I, if, I find it a little troubling. Because what, what, what Matthew is saying is that miracles weren't being released as a result of the people's unbelief. 
And look, I'm not trying to pick on you today. I'm not even want you to feel bad about anything. I just want you to believe again that your God can do a miracle. I want you to believe again that your God can do something about this situation. And so on Easter, I'm asking you to believe again. I'm asking you to believe again in a God that's, that's given us a pathway that miracles can happen. I'm just asking you, could you do that today? Could you start to believe again? Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you've even stopped believing. But let's get our belief up. Let's get our faith up and watch our hope dials go up because we see a God that's going to move. We see a God that's going to do great things. Because again, the resurrection of Jesus is a pathway for miracles to happen. He's done it before and he'll do it again. That is what the Bible says. That is what we have to see. Listen to this in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It's so powerful because you're wondering at this point, wait a second, wait a second. I mean, I know God can do miracles, but why are you including me in this? I mean, seriously, pastor, why are you even inviting me into this? What does my belief have to do with it? Let me show you. Romans 8, chapter 11. I mean, sorry, Romans 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Wait, who? You. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord today, the Bible says that the Spirit of God lives in you. And you know what that Spirit of God did? That Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. I'll show you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give you life into your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. So what does that mean? Clearly, the Spirit of God who lives in you believes in miracles because the Bible would say, wouldn't say it was so. So shouldn't we? Shouldn't we believe in miracles? And matter of fact, not just believe in miracles, but shouldn't we believe that we can speak them out? That we actually can speak miracles into being? <laughs> I know that saying that for some of us is a little weird. You may even think I'm a little kooky, and that's okay. I just simply want to tell you what the Bible says. Because see, God says it very clearly that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And if that's true, then that means you have miracle-working power living inside of you. See, Jesus, his resurrection has provided a pathway for miracles to happen. And I want you to believe that today. I do because see, we serve a God of the impossible, don't we? We serve a God who, who has uh, all the world in his hands. We serve a God who, who is a miracle working God. He, nothing is too hard for the God that you worship. See, I believe that miracles can happen. Do you? No, no, let me say that again. I believe that not just miracles can happen. I believe miracles will happen. I believe that miracles are going to happen today. I believe miracles are going to happen this Easter. Do you? I want you to believe that with me because I guarantee you there are some people that are sick today that need a miracle. There are some people in this world today that need a miracle. Would you believe it? Would you speak it out? Would you begin to trust God, a God that does miracles, that put a spirit in you to do miracles? Would you begin to speak it out? Would you begin to just simply say, God, I believe, and stop worrying about the results? 
See, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't always know when I pray for somebody to get healed. I don't always know what's going to happen on the other end of that. But what I do know is God does. And he calls me to be faithful. That's all he calls me to do. He calls me to be faithful and faith-filled. And faith-filled means that I believe that God can do a miracle. And I'm going to leave the results to a God that's more than able. Would you start to believe that? Would you, would you start to speak that out in your life? Would you start to speak that out in this world that so much needs to hear it? He is able to do infinitely more than we think or imagine. If you don't believe me, listen to what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says. It's so good. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power. His mighty power. And that power lives in you, friend. Listen, listen. This power is at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Wow. I tell you, it is an honor and a privilege to be invited into that kind of power. And here's the thing I just want to challenge you about today. Stop putting it on the shelf. Stop just sitting it over there for the super spiritual. Could you just, could you just grab hold of it? And believe that that's the power that lives in you. A miracle working power because of the resurrection of Jesus. Could you start to believe that again today? Because our world needs it. Our world needs to hear it. Because you know what miracles do? Here's what miracles do. When miracles happen, and I'm not just talking about how people call like getting a parking place at Walmart a miracle. I'm talking about miracles that people stand there with their jaw opened. You know, the, the kind of miracles that, that can't be explained by science. You know what happens when that happens? Well, when miracles happen like that, the world stands in awe of the God that you worship. And that is what miracles are all about. And that's when God's people get serious about miracles happening. That's how God gets the glory. Because all the people around you, all the people online, all the stories that are going to be told about people being healed and the sicknesses and diseases being squashed and the death toll going down, when all of that starts to happen, people are going to stand up and say, wow, you serve a God. You worship a God that's more than able. And I want some of that. Can you tell me about that, God? Do you see what miracles do? That's why God wants us to be agents of his power in the world so that people will worship him. And see, in the name of Jesus, the one who destroys death and disease and sin, miracles can happen. Now, you may be wondering, okay, well, what does that mean in the practical? I want to share something with you out of Isaiah. Isaiah 53 Verse 4. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version, but, but I, I, just, I just share this with you because I believe that Easter reminds us that Jesus has created this pathway for miracles and he calls us to believe it, but he calls us to believe it not just in the, the ethereal, but in the practical. Watch this. Surely he has bore our griefs. That word, actually, griefs, can be translated sickness, weakness, and distress. In other words, the, that Jesus has bore our sickness. Now, why is that important? I'm going to show you. Listen to this. And carried our sorrows and pain, yet we considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, or as the NLT says it, and we, 
Though his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin. So in other words, what the writer is saying is that, that Jesus isn't being punished because of his own sin. No, that's kind of our perspective because you saw this guy on a cross and that's what happened to people on crosses. They were bad people. Well, that's not what's being said. The writer goes on to say in Isaiah, the prophet, he says it this way, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and our iniquities. And with the stripes, with his stripes, with the beating that took place on his back, it says that we are healed and made whole. Do you know what that means? That means in the practical sense, the disease, the sickness, the brokenness, all the afflictions were taken on by Jesus. And when we traded our life for his life, that means that he took all of these things and that we now stand in power. We now stand in victory. See, see, Easter is about miracles. Easter is about being death, is about death being destroyed. Easter is about sickness being defeated. Easter is about all the, the promises of God coming to a full climax in Jesus Christ. And the implications of that are amazing. The resurrection of Jesus is a pathway to miracles. And I just wonder if you believe it today. I wonder if that's your story. I want to finish with this in Matthew chapter 18. Just turn there for a moment because I want you to see something that's so powerful. Starting in verse 18 of Matthew 18. I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Did you see it? Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Verse 19. I also tell you this. If two or three agree on earth concerning anything you ask. Come on. My Father in heaven will do it for you. Do you see the power? For where two or three are gathered as my followers, I am among them. Guys, that's power. That's miracle working power. That's miracle working power that exists in the God that you worship, but it's also the same miracle working power that exists in you. And when you receive Jesus as your Savior, and when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the Bible says that you have the power you need to see these kinds of things happen. And I don't know how low your faith is today, but I'm asking you to get your faith up. I'm asking you to believe again in a God that can do miracles. Because see, what I want to do right now, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And I, I would invite you to do this with me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start forbidding death. I'm gonna start forbidding sickness. I'm gonna start forbidding this virus. See, the Bible says that I can bind things up, that I can forbid things. Now, I know that I won't solve all the problems, but on my little corner, in my little neck of the woods, I can start to pray and believe in a God that can bind up death. I can start to pray and believe in a God that can see this sickness bound up. That I, I believe in a God that can see disease bound up. And you know, so what I'm going to do on Easter, I'm going to gather my family up in a car. 
And you know, on Easter, we're going to go drive it around to hospitals and we're going to drive outside. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it the miracle drive-bys. I'm going to start going by every one of these hospitals in our city and I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start forbidding death. I'm going to start forbidding viruses. I'm going to start forbidding diseases in this world. And I wonder if you'll do it with me. Maybe instead of hunting eggs today or tomorrow, you will, you'll gather your family in a car and you'll start claiming what is rightfully yours, that you'll start speaking speaking miracles into these hospitals. And you know what I want to see? I want to see people walking out of hospitals. I want to see people walking out of hospitals that they thought were going to die. I want to see people that had COVID yesterday coming out because they don't have it anymore. That's the kind of God I serve, a miracle working God. And I wonder if you'll come along with me. I wonder if you'll believe with me today as we, as we talk about Easter and as we celebrate Easter, why don't we be a resurrection to somebody? Why don't we be the person Person that, that, that believes in a God that is so able to do that. It's so easy for him. And he's asking his people to start forbidding it. He's asking his people to start believing it. And I just wonder if you'll come along with me in that. I wonder if you'll believe with me. I am believing that Easter 2020 is going to be a miraculous 2020. I believe that people are going to be healed, that hospitals are going to start to empty out, that this curve is going to get squashed because Jesus is on the throne, because he's provided a pathway for miracles and that's what I believe church and I don't know if you believe it but I'm asking you to believe it with me today Whew. guys I love you and as your pastor I believe more in Jesus today than I've ever believed in him before and I'm asking you to come with me I'm asking you to believe for miracles because that is who Jesus is and that's what he's done Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a miracle-working God. Lord, for the person in the room right now that's just struggling, person on the other end of this screen that's struggling, I pray in Jesus' name that you would begin to fill them with your power and your strength. God, you just begin to work in their hearts and in their lives, God. Would you fill them with faith? Would you get them to believe again in the miracles of God? Would you get them to believe this Easter that God is able? Father, we commit as your church to be your hands and feet. And part of that is believing in miracles. And so if you're here today and you want to believe in miracles again, if, if you're like, man, I, I really have slipped here, I want to pray for you. God, right now, would you fill each person that desires to see miracles, would you fill them with your spirit again? Would you fill them again, God, with your power? And that as they pray, as they forbid death, as they forbid disease, as they forbid this virus, God, that miracles would happen as a result. I do want to talk to a certain group of people today. I don't think there's any more important miracle than someone coming into a relationship with Jesus. And I tell you, I don't know if that's your story, but I know this, that Jesus Christ died and beat death for you. And the Bible says that if you will simply put your faith and trust in him, that he'll come in, he'll save you, he'll transform you, he'll give you the power you need, to do everything that he's called you to do. And so I want to invite you today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, 
if you don't have a relationship with him, if you're living a life that is powerless because of it, I just want to invite you into that journey. And so if you'd like to do that, I'd love for you to just pray this prayer with me. And matter of fact, uh, on the online format, you can even click a little, little box that says, I want to raise my hand today, just as an acknowledgement. And the reason that's important is there's some people on that chat with you, and they would love to send you some resources. But, but I do want to pray with you, and so I'd ask you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being my Savior. I thank you for dying for me. God, would you forgive me of my sins? God, would you be my Lord? Would you change me from the inside out? Would you give me power to live the way you've called me to live? I ask these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I just want to celebrate with you. Elevation Church wants to celebrate with you. If you just made a decision, please let us know. You can actually drop a line in one of the chat features. You can send us an email at hello at elevationstl.com. We just want to get you some information to help you on your journey. Uh, we are so proud of you for making that decision on this Easter. It is such a glorious thing. Now, I do want to talk to you for a moment about giving. As a church, we're not meeting in the physical, as you know, but we are meeting online and we're meeting in a variety of homes and we're meeting all over this place. Uh, and I just want you to know that we say thank you. Thank you for the giving. Thank you for those of you that are being faithful to the tithe and give sacrificial offerings to God's church. And I just want to encourage you to keep doing it. I want to speak to some of you, though, that maybe have lost jobs or maybe you've seen your income decrease or those kinds of things. Hey, we get it. We love you. We are praying for you. And as a church, we want to do what we can to help you. But I also want to just help you feel uh, to, to let any kind of guilt or anything come down. Because if you don't have a job, it's pretty hard for you to give any money. And so we just want to acknowledge that and recognize that. And we just want to say thank you for praying for us and giving your time and even your talents, uh, even if you don't have any treasure to give at this point. But so if you would like to give to Elevation, uh, you'll see a number pop up on the screen, 77977. And if you'll just uh, type in that keyword to that number of Elevation FM Give, that that will get you started in the process. And I just want to say thank you again for all that you're doing. Your church is praying for you. We love you and we'll see you next time.